This episode of the Talk Hard podcast is brought to you by Trailer Skips Tasmania and Full Bore Skip Bins. If you're doing a bit of work around the house and you've got large amounts of waste items from household waste, green waste, building or renovation waste or heavy waste items and your piles are becoming bigger than Ben-Hur, give Dylan a call to organise your trailer skip or full bore skip bin today. Trailer skips use a unique design incorporating a skip bin built into a trailer for easy removal and tipping. Or if it's a normal skip bin you need, a full bore skip bin will be the one for you. You don't even have to pick it up or dump it yourself. Dylan will deliver it for you and he'll take it away and dump it. How good's that? Give him a call today on 0409 801 635. Trailer skips and full bore skip bins. Don't go the half job, go the full bore. G'day, g'day. Welcome back to the Talk Hard Podcast. Get ready for the ride. Here we go. My name's Briley. My name's Jake. My name's Penny. And this is our father, Brendan Hinkson's podcast called the Talk Hard Podcast. Yes, it is. It's not rocket science. Read the title. Oh, thanks for that, Jake. We've got some great people lined up for you guys. And we hope you enjoy. Our father will be blabbling a lot of shite. So if you do enjoy, leave a review. Like and subscribe. Grab your miso and enjoy the show. Thank you and enjoy. They say in competitive sports, without umpiring, there would be no game. Today's guest on the Talk Hard podcast is a veteran of 32 years blowing the whistle, local umpire Phil McCulloch. Phil chats about his career in umpiring, the highs and occasional challenges of umpiring, Strategies used by umpires to make the experience for umpires, players, officials and spectators more enjoyable and what he believes are the keys to good umpiring. We also chat about why umpiring is a great thing for anyone to get into and the benefits both physically and socially from this. Now over to the man in the fluoro yellow shirt, Phil McCulloch. Phil McCulloch, welcome to the Talk Hard podcast. Thanks mate. How are you mate? Going well. It's It's good. Friday. Yeah, absolutely. So how's life treating you? It's busy. Yep. Yeah, it's hectic actually. Um, covering a few Ks with my work and young families, yep. and obviously a bit of footy umpiring thrown in to, to keep me interested. Yeah, absolutely. And we, that's the main reason that I wanted to get you on is to have a chat to you about footy umpiring. But just tell us a little bit about your your job, your day job at the moment, what you're doing with yourself. Uh, so I manage Hearing Australia for um, my day job is the northwest. However, for the last twelve months, I've also had responsibility for the north of the state. So. Couple of days a week, I'm on the on the highway to, to Launceston. Yep, excellent. So covering a few kilometres in and spending a few hours on the road. Yeah, absolutely. I know the highway pretty well, <laughs> and, uh, and there's there's plenty of potholes through that highway. We know about. Absolutely. Um, so as I said, like the main reason that um that I wanted to get you on is have a bit of a chat about umpiring because um you know you're obviously a pretty um well-known umpire on the northwest coast. I think is it 32 years that you've been umpiring for. This is year 32. Wow. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so most of your life then? Just about, yeah, started when I was 10. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So boundary umpiring, was it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yep. In circular head. Yep. Um, so yeah, born and bred in Smithton, so yep. don't hold that against me. But uh, No, that's all good. Um, so just take us back to the start then, mate. Whereabouts? So you grew up, grew up in, in Smithton, so did you sort of migrate out of there at a certain age? or? Yeah, I did. So um, the reason I got into umpiring was I had chronic asthma as a, a young kid growing up. And uh, the specialists, uh, they, they thought that improving lung capacity so with exercise was a good thing to do. So they recommended um, swimming yep. or 
running. Okay. Um, and, you know, living in Smithton during winter, swimming's not overly exciting. Yep. Um, from, from a climate perspective. So um, we knew a family friend uh, umpired footy. And, yeah, so mum spoke to him and anyway got in touch and I went along to, to have a crack at boundary umpiring as a 10-year-old. Yep. Make any money out of it or was it just a can of Coke and a pie? Or? I can't even remember. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure I earned enough to buy the can of Coke and pie. Yeah. But uh, my very first game was um, a practice match at Trawada. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm amazed to think that I'm still umpiring now because on that morning I got picked up by this guy, uh, Bomber Wells, who was the, the local milkman, would you believe? Yep. And um, it was pouring with rain, torrential and we, we headed out through Edith Creek up to Trawada and the change rooms there, um, you know, the old boards on the shed, you could easily put your hand through there. So with the wind and the rain, wow. like a great introduction to it. And they bred them tough umpires back then. <laughs> well, they, well, not just umpires, the players. I, yeah. I remember the players putting rubbish bags on, so the garbage bag on underneath their jumper because Shit. to try and keep <laughs> some warmth and maybe keep some of the water out. So yeah. Um, great introduction. That was a practice match. Not paid to do it. Yep. And um, anyway, still going. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> so um, I know we'd sort of spoken off here. Is it 282 senior games that you've field umpired? Yeah, so that's across um, NTFL, NWFL, uh, State League and VFL yep. footy. So yep. um, over that journey, you know, I started umpiring in the, the NTFL um, when I was 18, yep. so I sort of moved from circular head to circular head comp to, to here to do that and you know, probably should have done more senior games, but I've had a, three stints as the, the actual coach of yep. the umpires as well, so you tend to, uh, tend to not do as much senior footy when you're doing that, when you, you're actually coaching the group. Yep, so you've actually got to go and be at the game and just watching the umpires, is that right? Yeah, there's an element of that and also you know, mentoring, so running uh, junior games uh, with, with younger umpires or new umpires. Um, so yeah, there's a few years there where there, there was obviously a bit of an impact with, with not doing as much footy yep. at senior level, but um, this year the, the, the shackles are off. I'm not coaching and just back to running and you know enjoy that yeah excellent so you said you've sort of you've umpired like right up to the the vfl level so you would have mm. umpired like a few afl players and ex-afl players sort of kept coming back and forward did you yes yeah, so. so when, when uh, the devils got introduced back in 2001 yep. um after the, the state league folded that time um, there were three of us here in tassie um selected to, to umpire those games so yep. seven or eight of those games and yeah there was plenty of Plenty of former and current um, AFL players running around at the time. Yep. Um, one I remember fondly was uh, Peter Somerville. So he was a ruckman oh, yeah. for Essendon. For Essendon. So I, yep. I'm, an, I'm an Essendon supporter. Oh. It goes way back. <laughs> Stop him for an autograph. <laughs> oh, just about. But um, it was really interesting, sort of running around that, that you know somebody that's played at that highest level. Just how much of a you know just a, a normal bloke that he was on the field, and you know could have a joke as well. And yep. you know, uh, it was. It was quite good to, to kind of see that, that, yeah, that they're human as well. Human, yeah. I was going to ask you that. So ex-AFL players coming back, did you find that there was any difference in their attitude towards umpires as compared to, you know, Joe Blow in the NWFL? Like, was there any difference? Or um, Yeah, well, back then, uh, well, even now, some of the ex-AFL players coming back, I think they've got a maybe a better appreciation for, for the fact that, you know, they, they need to focus on the footy and, you know, if they're worried about the umpire, 
um, their focus is obviously not what it should be, and then yep. no doubt that that impacts on their performance. So I think yeah, maybe there's a more of an appreciation for for, for umpiring from that that higher level player. Yeah, and there's a lot of education I think through AFL programs as well. Like you even see the coaches now, like they'll get fined if they criticise an umpire or something like that. There's a lot of education around being respectful of umpires, and I think that that would flow in down into the the playing ranks as well. Well, even with players coming through, like I umpired a fair bit of tack cup footy, and yep. you know, they're players that are wanting to get drafted. Um, if they don't focus on playing, and they you know they abuse the umpire and dispute decisions, yeah, you know, maybe maybe as a club recruiter, they're probably thinking about that. Well, how's the temperament of this person, and whether that's somebody they want playing for them? So, um, it's definitely the higher the level of footy that you umpire, probably the easier it is as yep. far as that. Um, that external factor, um, you know, players tend to focus more on playing footy and you know, that allows you to do your job. Yeah. So what do you love about it? Obviously, it's not something that's sort of come and gone in your life. 32 years, there must be a, something that keeps drawing you back to it. Um, I, I like to, to, to think, you know, we're out there sort of to, to, to play the game with the players. Yep. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, a footy fanatic as such, like growing up being a, a supporter and I played junior footy sort of coming through high school. But um, you know, it's it's just good to be involved in a good game of footy. Um, and, you know, I really enjoyed the fitness side of things. So I enjoy running. So that's probably the uh, a big part of it. But you, you form a lot of... A lot of, oh, I suppose, bonds and friendships over the journey, whether it's with fellow umpires, but also um, other people through footy clubs. Like, so yep, it's uh, it's more that community aspect, and it's probably there's been times where you've thought about, oh, you know, you probably should retire, yeah, um, you know, and step away. But you know, each season comes around, and you tend to tend to go again. Yep. And there's also the now that I'm a bit older, you know, pushing forty three soon. Um, you've got kids coming through and you can see the benefit to them both being involved um with the club so that's what we call it the umpiring association yep. it is just like a footy club so yep. you've got people of all demographics from you know 12 years of age through to 70 and you know the life skills that you learn through that um you know being able to make a decision and communicate with adults um there's not a lot of places that kids can maybe get that um that grounding these days so mm. um you know, it's nice to give something back by by still being involved. Absolutely. And what? Um, how much um, fitness work goes into being an umpire? You guys have your own trainings and things like that, do you? Like, yeah. I'm ignorant, so I'm just going to ask the stupid That's questions, right. and you can fire away and answer them. But yeah, yeah, do you do do like same as a footy club? You train a couple of nights a week. Or? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Tuesdays and Thursdays are the the standard training. Yep. Um, Things have, over the years, I suppose, the obligations on people in the local footy to, to, to train as much as what we used to has probably come off because yep. it's uh, both, um, there's maybe less competition for spots because yep. there's less umpires. Um, however, um, you, you do need a reasonable level of footy. So, uh, sorry, fitness. So, uh, Saturday's game, the senior game in the NWFL, typically, you know, we a lot of us run with a GPS watch. We'll, we'll do upwards of 10 k's a game um and a lot of that can be at higher intensity running as well so yep. yeah you've got to have a decent level of fitness because if you don't you can get a bit tired a bit fatigued and then maybe make a few more mistakes yeah which, um you know you don't want to yep no one's perfect though you can only try your best can't you uh, i i often say that with footy umpiring it's the only the only thing that you could probably do that 
in your first game, people expect you to be perfect. Yep. And then next week, be better than that. Yeah, right. Um, completely unrealistic expectation. Yeah. yeah, you're only human and you can't see everything, can you? And that's it. It's a, it's a split second that you've got to make a decision and there's a, there's a lot to go into it. Um, you know, if um, you know, you're caught um, out of position or, you know, you've got players between you and the contest, typically the people sitting in the grandstand have the best view. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they'll tell you they do. <laughs> and, that will, and that's it. And, you know, the rule book this year is 72 pages long. Yeah, right. So not only do you have to make that split-second decision, yep. you've got to be able to know the rule, be able to interpret it, and then apply it, mm. um, and you don't get a re- replay, and there's no slow-mo. Mm. Do you sort of work on that a lot at your training, your positioning and things like that? Is that a, that's a big focus? Yeah, we try and keep it simple. Um, so you know, you've know got to have a, a decent level of fitness to be able to get into the right spot. Yeah, so you don't want to be puffing along behind the play. Exactly. If you can't <laughs> get into the right spot, then you, you can't make the call. Yep. Um, and, you know, the number one rule for us is don't guess. So even if, you know, somebody on the other side of the pack might have got hit high and you've just got no view of it, well, you probably know that, that might have happened, but if you've not seen it, then you just can't pay it. Mm. Yep, so you better just let play on. Yeah, yep. yeah, well, heaven forbid then you guess the next one and it didn't happen. Yep, yeah. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, yeah. Do you think um, umpiring, I know it, it probably wouldn't happen in Tasmania, there's been a lot of talk about AFL umpires going to full-time umpiring. Do you think that would make mm. a lot of difference? What's your opinion on that? Well, there's only a certain amount of fitness work that you can do as well as um like i say the the rule book 72 pages long um i think it's actually important to have that outlet and you know i um i listened to a another podcast of yours a little while ago about a bloke that played afl footy and um the idea of having an outlet is pretty important as well yeah um and this day and age you know there's a lot of pressures on people Mm. um both you know, within either footy and umpiring or within their work or home and or the world with a certain pandemic happening. So yeah, yeah. Yep. you do need you do need that um, other thing to, to do, I think. I reckon if you were 100% doing it all the time, yeah, I don't think it would necessarily improve the, 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 the performance. In the, in the media in the last week, it was actually um, opportunistic that you were coming in this week because there has been a, an incident sort of reported, an alleged incident, sorry, reported in the paper, and obviously it's not our place to, to comment on it, but are those alleged incidents, are they quite commonplace, do you find, with umpires? Like, what are some of the challenges that they that they do face from, from fans and spectators and things like that? Yeah, yeah. Um... It's it's probably less so at the the, the senior level of footy. Right, right? You, yep. you tend to see maybe a little more of the the incidents that that do crop up tend to be more associated with junior footy. Okay, and you know potentially that's that that's I think it's really it's not just isolated to footy. I think it's actually a society problem that um, these types of things might crop up where. Um, whether it's a, a coach or whether it's a parent or whatever the case may be, that's, um, that it, it's, it is actually having that appreciation for the fact that, you know, most often in junior footy especially, you've got um, volunteers running around, maybe not necessarily trained to the level of those of us that are running senior footy. So, yep. um, you know, it's, it, it is having that understanding that, well, yeah, they're going to make mistakes. Um, we all do, like... This is my thirty-second year of footy, and you would have I, never I, had a perfect I, I, year. Nobody has a perfect game. Like yeah. it's just 
unrealistic to expect that. So I think that um, the biggest thing, um, so, you know, whenever there's something negative happen, you tend to tend to hear about it. Um, it's, it's rare that you, you ever hear when there's a positive mm. um, that it really just needs that leadership from, you know, the coaches of the teams to, to, to sort of take that stand that, you know, they're, they're the most influential person when it comes to their players. And the junior footy that I've umpired, I've found that the players typically are pretty good, um, but they're a reflection of their coach. Yep. So if their coach is standing on the sidelines rant, ranting and raving and questioning the umpires, guess what the players are going to do? Mm. Um, it's going to flow down, isn't so, it? So, yeah, when I think about it, I think that, well, you know, the league has a, a code of conduct for, for coaches, officials, players and parents, um, which, you know, probably needs to, to be reviewed and um, the leaders of the leagues and the, the clubs, um, you know, if they model the correct behaviour, the right behaviours, then um, that'll flow through and we'll end up with a much more enjoyable environment for people and there's a good chance that more people will want to actually turn up and yep. provide a service to the game. But Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think about it over the 30-odd years, and I've never actually reported a player for abuse. Okay. Probably should have done back in the early days, but you used to kind of dismiss it. But these these days, it's it's much less prevalent. It's probably more so the a, a bit of sideline stuff at, at junior level that really needs to be fixed. Yep. Um, that was one thing I was going to ask you. Obviously, I, I, I don't expect you to sort of name names or time frames or anything like that, but can you recall any... Um incidents like really challenging incidents that you have had as an umpire and obviously the the main purpose of this podcast is not to portray umpiring as something that's really hard it's more to educate the public in some of the things and the challenges that umpires have like we're hopeful that you'll be able to recruit more umpires on the back of um you know joe blowing the public having more of an appreciation for umpires but i think it's also important for the public to know some of the challenges and some of the incidents that you do experience over the journey is there anything that sort of comes to mind that really stands out like you know, you went home and that sort of did rattle you a little bit or... Oh, yeah, for sure. I, um, there's always been, you know, things crop up over the journey where, you know, the one thing that you never, ever want is to, you know, um, have, you know, the negative press in the paper and that sort of thing. I tend to try not to read anything about the, that, that sort of thing because that's generally just one one person's opinion. Yep. But, you know, there's been instances, you know, there was a finals game a few years ago where we were talking a few years ago that, you know, one of the co and it was the losing coach came out and slammed the umpires across the back page of the paper and I was one of the umpires from that day but, um, you know, the, the, the two teams started fighting before the game started um, on that day. Yep. And, you know, that was held up as that, um, you, know, the, you know, the umpires lost control but, um, not not at all. Like you, <laughs> before you've even tossed the coin, you've got players going toe to toe. We started the game that day. We ran that game, and uh, potentially, maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe we should have left them to it if they wanted to fight before the game. Well, so you, you know, just threw it, the ball up, did you? I oh, know. Once we got it all calmed down, oh, okay. we, we got started. But lo and behold, you know, the next minutes, two minutes into the game, you know, reporting players for for an incident and. You know, um, that was pretty confronting. Yep. Um, and as far as, you know, as an umpire, you know, you've got to be pretty strong and 
when it comes to your convictions with, uh, with doing that sort of thing. But I, They're never going to agree with you, are they? No, no. <laughs> so, um, and, and once again, you know, I talked to you before about, um, you know, the leadership and, and the, the really important role that the coach of a footy team has. Um, you know, that, that was just completely uncalled for. And, um, you know, the flow on to that was, well, um, lo and behold, I think that was an early final. Well, I didn't... I, I'd had enough at that point. I didn't umpire the rest of the final series. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and that was your choice? That was my choice. And um, so um, I kind of, at that point, I was also coaching the umpires. I took a bit of, bit, bit of a stand and sort of said, well, you know, that's completely uncalled for and um, missed out in a couple of finals after that. But, um, you know, like I say, you've got to be pretty strong with your convictions and that was the stance I took. And, yep. Um, you know, there's, there's still a long way to go. Um, you know, there's still things that crop up that, you know, you tend to think about and go, well, you know, maybe that, that leadership's the one thing that's really needed from, you know, mm-hmm. uh, an AFL or AFL TAS especially. Yep. Um, but also the the local league where, you know, if they, those people in those senior positions just come out and say, well, you know, that's not acceptable. Um, you know, you couldn't do that walking down the street in Devonport. Mm. Um, it shouldn't be accepted on the sidelines of the footy field, so mm. it's got to come from the top down, though. You think? Yeah, 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 completely. And you know, that's the that's the great challenge, and it's right across Australia. Yeah, you know, how how that sort of thing uh, can be improved. Um, well, it's going to take a, a whole of community approach, and that's um, not going to be quick. Yeah, it's not going to be quick. But there is a positive side to firing. Oh like, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. obviously focusing there on a on an isolated thing but like I say over the journey I've had a pretty good run yeah well 32 um, years you know and it's if in any job for 32 years you're going to have your good and bad days aren't you but obviously for you there must be more good ones than bad ones because mm. it's it's something that you've um that you've stayed with so do you think like over your time in in umpiring your 32 years do you think the treatment of umpires is getting better or would you say that it's pretty well the same or what's your take on that oh it's hard to say like like I say it's um it's typically there. There's still isolated things that crop up, like even in you know the final series this last year, the um, a junior final at Penguin, where there was a really um, crazy sort of spectator and um, officials involvement after the game. Where that once again, it's an isolated incident in 18 weeks of footy, but it's one of the worst things that I've seen. And you um, were witness to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was there watching, but. Um, over over the yeah I suppose over the over the years things have improved certainly the behaviour on the field is much better yep um, and that's that that's um, that's a good thing uh, but yeah I still think there's a fair way to go um, yep to get it to the point where you know you could say that you know it's a it's a positive experience um, every single week yep you know out of twenty odd weeks it's probably that way for more than half um, but yeah there, there's definitely room for improvement yep. And you say that the on-field behaviour has improved. What what are some of the strategies that umpires have used? I know like a lot of them, I don't know whether it still happens, but you get to know the players' names or get to build a bit of a relationship with them, maybe even go into the rooms before the game. Is that still something that happens? Or Yeah, there's uh, things have changed a bit in footy where you know, you've got players out warming up on a ground <laughs> a lot more these days. Um, yep. at they never the used to come half, out, did they? <laughs> no, at half-time and three-quarter time, they're, they're out on the ground warming up, whereas... Yep. 
you know, back in the day, they're stuck in the change rooms. Um, yep. So now it's it, like there's a bit more engagement from, from our perspective. You know, we're more than happy to go to a footy club on a training night or even pre-season and, and, and go and talk to, to the, the clubs, players, coaches, um, just so they've got an appreciation of, of various things. Like I say, the, the, the rule book's 72 pages and the AFL change the rules every year. Yep. Um, so to, to have that understanding, and, and that's generally the, the, the key thing. I, I know if, um, if a player understands, um, I suppose, the reasons or the, the, the intricacies of why that decision is paid or why it's not paid, um, they're, they're going to obviously react in a more positive manner if they've got a relationship with us as well. So, you know, um, that's, that's also going to help. Yep. Um, one of the things I really try and encourage, and I'll still say this in some games of a weekend, is I don't mind actually having a player ask me a question during during the game. Yep. You know, oh, why wasn't that holding the ball feel? Or, um, and I'm more than happy to answer it if I'm not too busy. You know, mm-hmm. I might be running off to keep up with play, but um, more than happy to do that if yep. it's asked in the right way. But if it's uh, disputing the decision or abuse, um, then got no time for it or yep. pay for a kick or just ignore it yep. um, so there's a lot of that is there so, you just run off while they're still sort of going yeah, off and about it and it's a passionate game for you so you actually understand that you know there's there's some frustration there they're going to forget about it five seconds later anyway aren't yeah because the ball's going to come back to them yeah exactly so um you know you can't overreact in that position but um it's actually being prepared to admit that you might have made a mistake or um you know, um, you're unsighted. You couldn't see because you got a couple of players between you and what what happened. Um, that's you know we're human, so you kind of need to show that as well. Yep. Do you find um, the players appreciate that and accept that? If you do say, look, I might have got it wrong. I th- I didn't have a good view of that one. Yeah. Yep. Um. You know, there's plenty of plenty of times I've had players go, oh, you know, they'll shrug the shoulders and that's okay. Um, the one thing from an umpiring perspective, and it's a, it's a thing that I really, really don't like, um, so from my time as an umpire's coach, is that, you know, we're there, we're there to provide a safe environment for the players and do the best we can. Like, we're, we're not there to, to sort of, um, you know, um, be a superior a superior authority yeah. out on the ground like that that's entirely our our role is to is to be there and facilitate a safe game of footy yeah. um and you know that means that we we need to remain calm and we need need to be able to communicate and um you know if we walk off and people don't remember who was umpiring the game then that's an absolute win for us yeah, okay. um you, you don't need kudos to say that's well umpired there's no raise a raise in the umpiring fraternity nah, down here then. Nah, exa- exactly so <laughs> he's a great umpire by the way but yeah there's probably not none down here that have got as big a profile have they like? oh absolutely not <laughs> but um yeah so that in, in the end that's you know nobody goes out there on, on a weekend just to, to to run the rule over a game it's you yep. know let's let's go out there and make sure the players are, are, are protected when they're going for the ball and that's always been my philosophy keep it simple like like I said, 72 page rule book um, if you look after the bloke that's going for the ball um, and you're consistent with that um, you know there's always going to be grey areas and holding the ball is probably the, the, the one that um, it's never going to be 100% it, it, it's it? never going to be 100% um, in the eyes of, of most so you know if you're looking after the person that's going for the ball and um you're consistent, then 
that's I reckon that's as much as they could ask for, and they should be happy with that. Yep. Do you sort of have um, in different games, like I know in finals sometimes there's talk that you know the umpires are instructed to take control of the game early and make sure you call things, whereas there's other games that you might be instructed to, um, you know, let it flow a little bit. Does that happen? Do you have some games you call them all the same? Do you? No, you need the same approach. Yep. Um, you got, and it doesn't matter whether even not just through the, the the course of the year, but also through the course of a game. So, yep. um, you can't change from one quarter. No, to the next. so 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 what you're paying in the first quarter, you need to you need to still be doing that at the 23 minute mark, even if it's two points. Yep, two points. Uh, the difference, not that you, you're looking at the scoreboard, you're you're focused on on what you're doing, but ultimately, um, you know, the players need to play to the umpire. So. Um, you know, the, the head highs and um, the rough stuff that, that potentially can happen when, when, when there's that jostling early in a game, um, if you let that go, then you're in for a really tough day. Yeah, um, you've got to so, stamp that so, out so, early. So you've got to be really strong to, to ensure that you, you set the tone early. Yep. And often, you know, if you've, if you've kind of made sure that, that that's happened, the rest of the day tends to take care of itself. Yep. Um, but if yeah, obviously if if you're not strong on that early, uh, it only creates more more tension and aggression for the players. And if if they think they're not going to be protected, then they might take it into their own hands. And you don't mm. want that because then we we end up with all sorts of things going on. Yep. Do you find the bigger the game, sometimes the more physicality there is, or does it really just depend on who's playing who? Or oh no, it's just it's like any sport, I suppose. There's there's heightened tension with um with uh, the sheep stations that tend to, to, to go on the line. Yep. Um, but there's also the rivalries between certain clubs that, um, yeah. uh, you know, you might have had some players move from one club to another or something yep. like that. And, you know, you're always aware of that. People um, are very parochial, aren't they? Especially uh, on the northwest coast. <laughs> no way. Couldn't believe that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's definitely things that you need to be alert to. Yep. Have you found sort of over the journey umpiring, you've obviously umpired some people for their whole football career. Have you built like a better relationships with some players than others over the journey? Have you have you had any instances where you've, you've, you've not got close to a player, but because you've umpired them for so long, you've found that you get on really well with them on the field compared to others? Or Yeah, it's interesting actually getting a bit older now and um, amazingly I'm umpiring the sons of some <laughs> players um, that, that are running around. Um and yeah, you know, the more the more time you spend with somebody, the more connection you can build. And yep, um, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of places where I've been into footy clubs to go and talk to them about different things. Um, and you know, you tend to, to to build a few connections that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 good. Like if you if you they know who you are and you know how you go about it, and you do them, um, it does make your day a bit easier on. On, on game day. Yeah. Do you sort of make it a point to try to learn the players' names when you're out on the field? Is that the strategy you use at all? Or? Uh, no, there's no specific uh, approach to it. I know at the AFL there's, yeah. there's a requirement that they, they they very much want to know who they are and yeah. um, prefer... You talk about a 72-page rule book, that'd have an 800-page book of names, <laughs> wouldn't they, that just have to about. go through? God. But, but, you know, I, I, I certainly would respond better if somebody used my name yep. as opposed to just calling somebody mate. <laughs> settle down, Phil, rather than or, settle down number 10 or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, that's that's just another strategy, I suppose, to, to have that rapport and um, be able to com- communicate well with them. Yep. 
Is there any particular strategies at the moment that the umpiring um, association are using to, to gain participation? Do you have like recruiting strategies or things like that? Yeah, the AFL employ um, a state umpiring manager as well as a regional um, development coordinators. So pretty proud to say that the Northwest actually piloted uh, the very first um, umpiring academy here in Tasmania where yeah. uh, we had somebody that was uh, specifically in a role to... Um, to create a, a space that was, well, I suppose you'd call it a safe space for, for new umpires to come in, doesn't matter what age, but the, the, they could actually come into a group, which we have over 100 people in our in our club. Yep. And they can actually come in and not be afraid to ask a question by being part of that, that academy. Um, so they got a really good grounding. Um, the, that, that's since transitioned now to a, a role that's paid through AFL TAS. Um and you know, we obviously engage with clubs and schools and we have to do a fair bit from a marketing perspective each season because uh, typically you would turn over about 20% of your umpires every year through varying things. You know, you might have had kids come in at, at a younger age and then they're heading off as the northwest coast in all things have happened where most people are heading off either to work or uni or, or that type of thing. So you tend to, or life. Yep. Um, whereas... Um, yeah, there, there is definitely two elements to it. There's the recruitment of new umpires, but then there's also trying to, to retain what you've got. And, you know, within the confines of our club, like we do a lot to, to make sure that's a really positive environment. Um, people get a good level of, of training and tuition, but um, also one of the, the real winners for us has been uh, over the last few years we've had the highest participation rate of females in umpiring in the country Excellent. across Australia and that's yeah. um, that even came out at training last night like our boundary umpires coach is um, is one of our she's been with us eight years yep. and this is her second year as the coach of the boundary umpires so yep. she's only I think 19 or 20 years old yep. and um, she actually referenced that she's been on sort of a national um hook up with other female coaches around Australia of umpires and mm -hmm. you know they've, they've, those those women have, and girls have experienced some pretty challenging environments to be part of sort of the old boys clubs that um, that, that might have been back in the day mm -hmm. well she actually referenced that by being part of the Northwest umpires she couldn't relate because she's always felt part of it yep and that's a great um, reflection on on the the club and yeah. and our approach has been well you know, we haven't created a female uh, academy or a, um, a, di a diversity academy. We've created a, an academy environment for new people coming in. Yep. But we don't look at an umpire and say, well, you're a female umpire or a male umpire. You're an um, umpire. You're an umpire. And yep. You're all treated equally. And um, the expectation is that you'll do the job to the same standard no matter, um, you know, age, sex, um, ability, whatever the case may be. Yep. So it's it's a really uh, sort of welcoming place that it doesn't matter. There's always a place for somebody. So yep. you might not be able to run. We can find a spot for you as a goal umpire. Yeah. Um, yep. You might have no interest in footy, um, but there's a role for you to still be able to play. So, yep. um, you know, that's one thing that we've been really, really big on, especially in the last probably eight to ten years. We've ramped that up. And uh, the other element to it is, is it's like any footy club. It's quite family-based. So we've got you know, um, dads and sons and mums and daughters and 
uh, for me, I had my daughter as well as an umpire. Um, yep. Excellent. And the chance, there's not many things that you can do that you can actually do that with your kids. Mm. Um, I know a good, like, good mate of mine, Ben Phipps, his son's doing it as well now. Yeah. So I know well, he gets a big kick out of watching him umpire as well. And, and Ben's our new field umpire yeah, coach, yeah. Um, which I'm pretty happy about because it means that I'm not doing it. <laughs> you don't have to worry about um, it. You just have to listen to him, though. But but there's a, there's, there's a family. <laughs> Good Yeah, exactly. There, but there's a family connection there where Ben's dad, back in the day, was also one of our umpires and uh, senior umpire and the president. And, and so was, you know, Ben was a senior boundary umpire and then a field umpire. And, yep. Um, yeah, there's, there's those um, connections, I suppose, that can be made that, you know, uh, we've looked back on him, Ben and I've already sort of looked at some photos from back in the day where it's him and his him and his dad and lo and behold he was in the paper recently with him and him and his son. So. Did he have hair in the old photos? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> amazingly. <laughs> he doesn't anymore. No, that's for sure. <laughs> Follically challenged. Um, what do you reckon over the journey for you've been some of the major highlights? I know you did you get inducted into the Hall of Fame, is that right? The Tasmanian Football Hall of Fame? No, not the Tasmanian one, the the in TFL, so oh, okay. the, the local league. Yep. Um so that's a big honour within itself uh, though. Well, I was you know, I was very embarrassed at the time because that was back in <laughs> I think it was two thousand and seven. Yep. So I was pretty pretty young really, considering, you know, the most people get inducted into those things when they're retiring. Um and I, I was a fair way off that, but I had strung together, I think, uh, four interfield senior grand finals end on end from 20 years of age, which yep. sort of hadn't been done before at that time. And that's uh, I, I, no doubt was probably part of the part of the push for that. But um, it, it's it's not really the accolades that you, you, you chase as far as it's like anyone like you hear AFL players saying, you know, you know, you'd probably hand back the Brownlow for, for a premiership medallion. Well, it's a bit like that in umpiring where um, as much as there's, it's whilst you work as a team, there's also that individual element and senior grand finals are probably the, the, the pinnacle. Yep. Um, if, um, Do you get if nervous? You, oh, absolutely. Yep. If, if you don't, you're not focused on what you, you're doing. Yep. Um, but yeah, to, to, to run out for that that senior grand final where that's, that there's... Uh, two hours later there's there's a winner and there's a loser and mm. if you can have officiated that as well as you can and and know that the best teams won yep. um then you know that's that's pretty 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 nice to, to, to sort of recognize that you've done that so mm. i've been lucky i've done five of those and um that's you know something that's still still a bit of a driver like you, you always want to umpire the best games of footy yep um what's the selection process for grand final umpires is it just based on your performance through the final series or yeah so we've got a coaching and selection panel so yep. it's you know just like match committee at a footy yep. club um and you, you need to do a lot to, to to be able to to be selected so you know everything gets taken into account across the course of the year um but also you're only as good as your last game so you know, I might have umpired thirty odd years, but there's there's only a certain number of grand finals that I've done. Um, you know, you might have made an error in the the pre final, and it's pretty ruthless. You only have to to, to you know have a, an error that might be considered a bit more than just a standard missed free kick, and yep. you, you might miss out the next week because it's it is that okay that ruthless. Um, it's yeah splitting hairs, so to speak. So yeah. Yep. For any young people that are looking at getting into umpiring, what would you say are some of the greatest things about umpiring in your time? I really think that it is that camaraderie. So, you, you know, you're actually belonging to part of a group and 
um, it's all about relationships in the end. Like if um, it's if you want to feel like you're you're actually part of a team and. Uh, when you work well together, like the, the things that you learn across that journey, you might not realise it, but you're actually learning, you know, lifelong skills that that are that are going to set you up really well for for down the track. Um, but I've, you know, some of my best friends, uh, umpires, yeah. that we started out years and years ago, and you know, my best man um, in my wedding, he's he, he's a footy umpire, and that's yep. how that's how we connected back in the day, and. You know, our families obviously socialise, so it is. Um, it is just a really good environment for anyone to, to to be part of. And you know, if you want to feel like you're um, you're welcomed and not judged, then that's entirely uh, a good spot to be. Excellent. And so, what's the best way for someone to get involved? Who would they get in contact with, or what's the best avenue there? Oh, we've got all the channels available, so you can yep. go to the website or uh, our social media. Yep. Um, so you know, the Northwest Umpires Association. Even if you were to, to Google that, that'll that'll uh, no doubt bring yep. you up. Um, what I'll do some I'll, options. I'll find the contact details, and I'll make sure I put that in the in the the spiel at some point as well, just on this podcast, just so people know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've obviously got this um, our our Northwest um, Development Coordinator. Um, from AFL Taz, Sam Bridges is probably the the first port of call. But yep. uh, yeah, yeah, we, we we certainly welcome more. It, it might only be May. Oh, it's June now, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Flying know, boy. There, there's still plenty of plenty of time left for somebody to get involved. Like it's not like oh, you've missed the boat because you didn't turn up at round one. Like there's, there's opportunities. Um, as we roll along during the, the next few months. Yep, and I'm glad you touched on before the amount of um, female umpires that you've got as well because that was one thing I was going to ask is, um, you know, is there a, a, an equal balance there? So obviously you encourage male and females to to um, to get involved in umpiring. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. I say, um, you know, the, the, one of the proudest things I had as a coach and um, um, I'm... My best mate Marty, when it came to him being the development coordinator, was to be recognised that we had the highest percentage of females of any umpiring group in Australia. Yep. Um, and you know that's, um, I suppose, an area that there's still plenty of room for growth um, because uh, they, they they just add a great element to it in club. Really, it's uh, yeah. So any girls out there, definitely yep. encourage them to get along, get in touch. Yeah. Um, what would you say is some of the funniest things that you've ever heard from the other side of the fence? Does anything sort of stand out? Like, I know, you know, we talk about the negatives, but some people can be quite quirky in some of the things that they can call out. Does anything sort of jump out or anything that a player sort of said to you that's made you have a bit of a laugh? Oh, there's occasionally things that crop up for a bit of a laugh, but gee, it's hard to put my finger on any one specific thing. And sometimes, that, you know, that's an important thing to show a bit of humour where you can. Yep. Um, some people are quite sharp, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, unfortunately, nothing specific. But yeah, there's definitely been times where you know, you've almost had to try and hold it back. But you, <laughs> you, 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 you don't laugh. But, That's uh, quite good. Better yeah. than the old white maggot or something like that, which would be quite standard, wouldn't it? Not anymore. No? Which, uh, well, you're all different lime, colours. Lime green these days. So that makes, <laughs> that's certainly challenged a few to... That to, was strategic, wasn't uh, it? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, just a couple of quick ones to finish, mate. Who would you say has been the biggest influence in your life or in your, in your career? Um, well, from a life perspective, um, you know, I, I grew up, with, my mum was a single parent, so um, my grandmother, who I lived with for a long time, um, but actually my uncle, um, he, Neil, he's probably the, the, the single biggest influence, yep. um, just, you know, an absolute gentleman, um, taught me a lot of things, uh, really 
you know, moved heaven and earth to ensure that nothing, sort of, I didn't uh, miss out on anything. You know, driving from Smithton to Burnie to go and play cricket every week once I started playing coastal cricket and, yep. you know, spending countless hours in the nets throwing throwing balls at me or um, even even turning up to, you know, I'd be umpiring a game like a Tech Cup game with the Mariners and Launceston, yep. you know, turn up and be watching. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's probably the the single biggest personal influence um, from a from an umpiring perspective. There's probably a couple across the journey. So the late great Greg Wilson, um, mm-hmm. so he's a Tasmanian Football Hall of Fame inductee. Um, he taught me a lot uh, when it came to, to field umpiring um, from the very early days. And you know, it could be a Tuesday night sitting around in the change room after training and. You know, just being able to sit there and listen as a at that time, you know, seventeen, eighteen year old, yeah. and hearing what you know uh, the, their perspective, his perspective on on footy umpiring, that was pretty important. And uh, a local gent here in in Devonport, Wayne Ude, mm-hmm. um, everyone sort of knows Udy. Udy, He's, um, yep. another Tassie Footy Hall of Famer. But yep. um, he told me once that um, you know if uh, obviously in the early days you get a bit nervous going out and umpiring senior footy. He said, uh, "If you go out and do the bit, do your best, then the worst won't happen." Mm. So, yep. just focus on that, and uh, that's kind of stuck with me for a long time. Yep. Actually, it's interesting that you said that. The next thing I was going to ask you is, what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Would that be it? Do you reckon, as far as umpiring is concerned? Or yeah, that's yeah, that. That one's always stuck with me. That's um, you know, uh, to to really just focus on the positive. Um, but for me as well, you know, some of those uh, Greg and and Wayne they were very focused on. You know, you're you're out there to, to facilitate a, a game of footy for the players. You're not, you're you're not there. People aren't there to watch you. Yep. Um, it, it's it's the spectators are paying money to watch the the footy. The footy, yeah. Um, they don't notice you. Then that's yep. you've done a good job. Yep. So that, that certainly stuck with me for a long time. Yep. Excellent. That's about all I've got for you, mate. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. And certainly, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, to all umpires out there, you know, coming from a, a father of two football-mad boys, I know for a fact that the game wouldn't happen without umpires. So, you know, somebody's got to go out there and call the game. So I know, if, you know, from a personal point of view, um, you know, I take my hat off to you guys. I think you do a, a terrific job. And, you know, as, a, as we've said, you know, for anyone else that um, wants to get into it, I'll make sure that I um, um, put a few contact details on here as well. So, um, yeah. All the best, mate, and uh, good luck with it, and hopefully we can see you in the grand final this year. Thanks, Brandon. It's been good. (laughs) Cheers, mate. Take care. A big thank you to Phil for coming in and chatting and giving us a great first-hand account of life as an umpire. The hope from this chat is that it educates people who attend a game, um, whether they're officials, parents or general spectators, that umpires are human and they're just out there trying to do their best, the same as any of us would in our daily lives, so no one's perfect and nobody should be expected to be. We hope this chat may also encourage future umpires to consider it, and if you're interested you can get in touch via the Northwest Umpires Association Facebook page or their own website which is nwua.com.au. We'll talk to you next time.